Welcome all to Parshas Balak. Really, the emphasis is going to be on the three weeks, the Chorban, but it will relate to the Parsha. Our dedications today, Jackie Nussbaum for Rafur Shlema for her son, Daniel David Ben Raya, uh, Raya Rachel. Rochi Fried, Ili Nishmas, her mother, sorry, Gitzel Bas Yitzchak. May she be a Melitz Yeshara. Um, Rifki Youngways for a four shame for Godel Yehuda Ben Roizel who's going into surgery today. Okay, here we go. Let's ask Siri a question. Okay, let's see what she says. Hey Siri, who are the top ten? Who are the top ten most inspirational spiritual leaders in the world today? Okay, I found this on the web. Okay, so let's read them. These are the top 10 spiritual, influential spiritual leaders. Deepak Chopra. He's an Indian American. Okay, then there's a Dalai Lama. There's Paula Coelho, who has 150 million copies of his spiritual book. One of the top 10 best-selling books ever, The Alchemist, Pope Francis. Teach Not Hana, Vietnamese Buddhist Zen master, Eckhart Tolle. You know him, The Power of Now and New Earth, James Redfield, The Celestine Prophecy, uh, Don Miguel Ruiz, a Mexican author, uh, popularizing Toltec wisdom, Sri Sri Ravi Shankar, who is a, I guess he looks like some sort of Swami. Um, he's a human, okay. And Rhonda Byrne, who wrote The Secret. Okay, so do you wonder why there's no Jews on there? No rabbis. What is going on? We are the source of the wisdom. We are the Arla Gaya. We brought the great ideas into the world. What is going on? Not only that, I, somebody sent a clip. I was trying to find it. I, I couldn't find it. He was, it was a rabbi with a very, very long beard. Maybe you saw it. And he, it was a one minute clip. And he was like, somebody goes to yeshiva for 12 years. And then they go to base medrash or to seminary. And then for inspiration, they go to Jordan Peterson and Brene Brown. What is going on? Now, it isn't enough to say, oh, it's all shtus. They don't have any ruchnias. They're just making up stuff. Well, they might be, but they're influencing hundreds of millions of people. And even if they were making up stuff, what about us? What about our true stuff? Why has it no, does it not, why is it not the source of influence? Why don't we have, we have Robert Jonathan Zach, would probably have been the closest to spiritual type of leader, okay? Um, you, you do have Jews who have a very powerful, magnetic uh, and attractive spiritual essence, like Leonard Cohn, the, the musician who died. People viewed him as like a, an elder, like a holy elder, yeah, just for some music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had, yeah. Yeah, he was a great, yeah, well. Brett Leonard Cohen, but, um, but so he had some impact, but it was in music. It wasn't like this. So what is going on? That's our question. Now we're going to relate it to the parsha. You have Balak, he hired Bilaam, and Bilaam was the great prophet. And you know what he said? All my wisdom comes from them. Anything that's just God talking, telling me what I should say. I wish I could be like them. I wish I could live like them. I wish I could die like them. They are the source of my, of all the truths. They will always prevail. That's what Bilaam said he was a prophet, and yet he said, I'm nothing compared to them. I have no nothing. I, I'm like blind. He literally referred to himself as spiritually blind compared to the Jews. What happened? That is our question, okay? So our quest, our share today is called the search for, inspira is for, the search for inspiration. 
outside of our own tradition. All right. We're going to start with a Pasuk that is directly related to the three weeks and to the Chorban, and we're going to delve into it. It also is going to teach us fundamental lessons of how to learn prophetic language. Okay. So there's a Pasuk in Yirmiyahu. We're going to parse these words super carefully. Okay. With the help of the Ramchal and Ramosha Shapiro and the Maral, all the same sort of line. And Rav Chaim Friedlander, who was mm -hmm. the principal Talmud, the main Talmud of Rav Leo Dessler. Actually, my grandfather, Shimon Schwab's brother, Moshe Schwab, was the Mashkirch and the Shiva at the time of Rav Dessler. They were all together there. And he then took over as Mashkirch from Rav Dessler. And they're all in the line, the same line as Ramosha Shapiro, same type of way of thinking. Uh, they're all in that line going back toward, towards Ramchal, Maharal type of thinking. So here's the Pasuk. Yirmiyahu Perak 13, Pesukim 15 to 17. Shimu v'hazinu al tigbehu ki Hashem dibar. Listen, don't be haughty. Hashem has spoken. Then he quotes the Pasuk. Tenu l'Hashem alokeichem kavod. Give HaKadosh Baruch Hu kavod. That's an important word to understand correctly. Beterem yachshoch, before it gets dark, okay? Before your feet start to be like afflicted and stumble. I'll hurry Geshef. I'm not going to, we're really not going to spend the time on this Pasuk. You'll be seeking light. Okay. It turns, but your hope for light turns into darkness and deep gloom. It's talking about the Chorban. Now, it says like this. And if you don't listen to, let's say, her, the rules, the Torah, okay, the messages. Okay, these are the words we're focusing on today, five words. Bemistarim tibche nafshi. Hashem is saying, in the place called Mistarim, my, I will cry. My, so my nefesh will cry. Mipne gava, or geva, because of geva. The damo tidma, the teiret eni dima, my eyes will release tears. Ki nishba eder Hashem because the flock of God has become captive. Okay, what do these words mean? What does it mean that Hashem will go into the mistarim, someplace secret? What does it mean that Hashem will cry tears? What does it mean that, obviously, Hashem is sad? What does it mean because of the geva, the gava, the pride? What does all that mean? Okay, so let's go into the Gemara Chagiga carefully. First, they quote the Pasuk, v'imlo tishma'uha v'mistarim nafshi mifne geva. Amrav Shmuel Bar Ina, Bar Inya. Amrav Shmuel Bar Inya, Mishmei Derab. So Rav Shmuel Bar Inya says in the name of Rav. Okay. Mokom Yeshlo Lahakadosh Baruch Hu. Oh, sorry, the English isn't here. Sorry. Mokom Yeshlo Lahakadosh Baruch Hu Umistarim Shmo. There's a place now. Hashem doesn't have a place, so we have to understand what this is saying. There's no places that Hashem is in more or less. So Makom Hashem has a place. Umistarim and its name is Mistarim, which you could see already in there is the root Caesar hidden, right? My Mipne Geva. What does it mean in, in, because of the Geva? Amar Shmuel Bar Yitzchak. Mipne Gavasan Shal Yisrael because of the Gavas on the pride, the status of Israel. Now you can already begin to think about how we started this class. 
that was taken away from them, it was given to the nation. The, the pride of the Malchus, again, a word we have to understand. We haven't dealt with these words before. They're in the Milam chart. The Malchus of Hashem's name. That's also been reduced. Okay. What does this mean? So let's start with crying. What does it mean, crying regarding Hashem? I'm sorry, Amar of Papa. Wait, we don't say there's no such thing as sadness. What does it mean Hashem is sad? There's no sadness before God. Shenemar, that way you can think of a Pasuk, which we're going to get to, where it does say Hashem is sad. Who can think of it? When does it say Hashem was sad to his soul? Come on, guys, you know, no? By Noah, by the mama. Okay, in any case, there's no sadness lifnei HaKadosh Baruch Hu before God. Shenemar, hod vahadar lefanecha, oz vachedva binkomo. It says hod vahadar is before you, oz and chedva is in your place. Lokasher. So we're not, this is no question. That, so what's the, you're saying, what do you mean Hashem is crying? Hashem is a place where he cries. There's no such thing as sadness. Hod vahadar. Now these are two very important concepts. Hain v'vateigav e, hab bar e. One is talking about the inner chambers, that's the bate gav a, the inner chambers. And one is the outer chambers, bar a, which you can relate it to the concept of, for your mind, Bria, what Hashem created, the outer chambers. Okay, so now, like now Hashem is crying in the, where is Hashem crying then? The bate gav a, where is Hashem crying? In the inner chambers. Okay, what that means. Okay, bate bar a la, and does Hashem even cry in the outer chambers? What about that? We say, okay, Hashem is crying in the inner chambers. Look what it says. So what does it mean? It says that Hashem called for a day of crying. We just said that Hashem is crying in the inner chambers, not in the outer chambers. But what are you talking about? Right here, we have a passage that Hashem established a day of crying and wearing sackcloth, meaning in the real world, in the outer chambers. This is talking about Chorban Beis Hamikdash. Not only is Hashem crying in the outer chambers, in the real world, like you could see, what the feel there's not only is there Bechi in the material, actual physical world. Not only that, and not just that Hashem is crying also in the outer world. Even Malachi Shalom Bachu, the Malachim, we have to understand what that means. Shenemar Hain Arelam Tzaku Chutza Malachi Shalom Mar so even the malachim are crying. So what is going on here? How do we decipher not just the pasuk that we started with, the pasuk in Yirmiyahu, but what about the Gemara? Now we've always said the Gemara doesn't write in essay form. It is also writing in layers and layers. And that's why we have millions of svarim after the Gemara explaining it. And by the way, the Maral, I think we mentioned this last week, right? I mentioned over Hartman's podcast, yeah. The Maral, is the one who did the work in late 1500s to go through the Agadatas and explain what they're trying to say. And in this Sifse Chaim, working with this Pasuk, is using Maral in Netzach Yisrael chapter 9. So the Maral is going to try to explain what's going on here. Okay. So first of all, we have to, and I, have, I highly encourage anyone who wants to get this, if you can read Hebrew, 
Sefse Chaim. It's a whole bunch of, it's a whole series. It's, this is volume Moedim Gimel, the third one. And I need to use this, show you his language also and his sources, okay? So first of all, let's start out a few definitions. Place, what does it mean Hashem has a place? Then we're gonna talk about inner chambers, outer chambers, crying, happiness, sadness, pride, status, all that stuff, okay? So what does it mean when Hashem has a place, okay? So he says here, we have to first start by saying, okay, the following. Anytime we speak about God, feelings, going to a place, anything that we can like visualize or think about in our human terms, okay? The intention is absolutely not on Hashem's essence. It's not that Hashem doesn't move from place to place, doesn't have hands, doesn't get angry. Any emotion, it's not meant to be taken seriously. Hashem is happy and Hashem is angry. It is not, does not mean that, period. Okay? We have no ability to understand Hashem's essence. Or certainly, we don't attribute Hashem to various emotions and things like that. Like the Rambam says in the Hakdama to the Torah, Ramban says, knowing a Kaddish Baruch, which is a mitzvah, by the way. <coughs> And the mitzvah is to know how Hashem conducts or mahu racham racham, okay? But not to under, try to think we know Hashem's personality or something like that. Yidiyas uh, habore, knowing the creator, yisaleh shalom nimsar l'shum It is not given over. It's not, nobody has Masorah on it. Nobody, it was not handed over to anyone to understand God, period. But kol hasagatenu, anything we grasp, listen to this, rak biyachas in other words, when we say Hashem is happy, it does not mean ever that Hashem has an emotion. It means if a person would behave like this, it would indicate that they're happy. So we use things we're familiar with. And we say that we call Hashem being happy, but we're trying to say behaving like this is positive, it's good. It means something good's going on. If a person behaves like this, we say, oh, they're really very happy and they're very you know, fulfilled. We don't say that, we say the fact that this is what's happening and this is the hanhaga, this is the big word here. The fact that this is the hanhaga of a Kaddish Baruch Hu is good. It means something good is happening. It means that things are as they should be. Does that make sense? So we, a place we're gonna see is a hanhaga. They're different states of being, like not an actual place, but a state of being. And if you're in one state of being, that has to mean, means Hashem is conducting the world a certain way. And we could call that state, let's say the state of Hester Panim, that we don't have open miracles in Nebuah. We would say if a person behaved like that, they would be sad. If a person wasn't talking to their child, let's say, or couldn't directly show their love, we would say that person would be sad. But again, it doesn't mean that Hashem is hang, uh, happy or sad or has any emotions. Same way we've already learned that when we say the hand of Hashem and the children of Hashem, it doesn't mean Hashem has a literal hand. Okay, now the Shalah HaKodesh taught, and uh, Rabbi Kiva Tatz has this, and I think Living Inspired or World, world Mask, I think, also taught by Rav Moshe, because Rabbi Kiva Tatz was like Rav Moshe's, one of Rav Moshe's main Talmudim. Um, so he explains, Hashem, has a hanhaga called Yad Chazaka, a strong hand. It means when a Baruch Hu imposes his will in the world, and that's it. 
Hashem gave us a muscle to understand that sort of hanhaga. He gave us a hand and he allowed us to experience what it means when you take your hand and you force someone to do something. You literally force them. Oh, I could force someone. I have a capacity to make somebody do what I want them to do. We call that a strong hand, you know, and you're very strong-handed. So that helps us realize sometimes that Adesh Baruch has a hanhaga where he makes things happen and he insists that things should be a certain way and he doesn't give us the freedom to make mistakes or whatever okay does that make sense yes so a place like is a not a like there's a song oklahoma freedom is a state not a physical state it's a state of mind exactly so a place <laughs> let's call it a state is a state of being a situation a way hashem is operating okay so he says um, all of this terminology is It is in reference to how we perceive them. Okay. Even this concept, this, this particular aspect of places, inner chambers and outer chambers, It is not relating to God. It has no shaykhahs to God. Okay, these different places, these different separating of places, they're different aspects of his, the way Hashem is the world relating to us. Can't be clearer. All right, so really process that. When it says, it does not mean Hashem came from one place to another. It means that there's we, we, we're able to operate on a, in a higher state where we were able to perceive things about a Kodesh Baruch Hu that were able to, to descend like concepts into our mind that normally would not be able to descend into our mind. What changed? Our minds changed. Hashem took away the filters. Hashem let the flow be stronger. Therefore, ideas that normally would not descend into our mind now can descend into our mind. Does that make sense? Yeah. What was Moshe asking for when he wanted to see the cover of Hashem? He was already past. So he wanted more. He wanted to see the whole thing. You know, I have a muscle for that, but let's not go into it right now. Let's not go into it right now. Maybe afterwards. Okay. So now we have a rule. So that's the rule. Okay. All language that seemingly describes Hashem's emotions must, like actually must, be understood as language that helps us understand Hashem's truths, but through our familiar concepts okay so now we're talking about places places are han huggles different ways that hashem is manhig the world conducts the world different states in respect to different han huggles of how hashem conducts existence okay what are inner chambers and outer chambers so inner chambers are going to be the more invisible think about it like your thoughts your mind your understanding your attachment your devakus is all the stuff that's inner like in the muscle is our bodies our inner thoughts. I always tell my students, I don't know what you're thinking and I don't need to know what you're thinking. It's not my business. It's your business, know what you're thinking. But, uh, and, and I don't know how you're processing everything and I don't know what your questions really are that you're not asking. You know, this is all your private stuff. And uh, no, one's, no one has to know it. But, you know, if we don't know it ourselves, what we're thinking, how we're thinking, then we're in trouble, okay? So you have your inner world that you must know what's going on in there. And then you have your outer chambers, which is a reference to what's visible, what you can see. Okay, now the question is, 
Akash Baruch Hu, the Gemara is debating, he's only crying in his inner chambers. Come on, but is it, doesn't it say he's crying in his outer chambers? Does Hashem even cry? He doesn't, he doesn't cry in his outer chambers. Look, it says, oh, okay, what does that mean? So before we get into crying, we're going to get into joy and sadness. So we have a Pasuk in Tehillim. Yehi kavod Hashem la'olam. Hashem's kavod. Now we can get to Fabi Sandy's question that they also covered a little bit. Yismach Hashem b'masa. Hashem is happy with his creations. Now, what we're saying is, Yehi kavod Hashem la'olam. Yehi. When the kavod of Hashem is la'olam. La'olam means three things. What does it mean? La'olam, forever. La'olam, the world and olam ne'elam hidden. Okay. So we have the olam is forever, the olam is the world, and the olam is everything that's hidden. Okay, now if Hashem's covet is throughout, then Hashem is happy with his creations. So let we have to define covet. Sorry. We have talked about we have talked what is the key say hakavod? What is kavod? What does it mean that the malachim are around the key say hakavod and we are from under the key say hakavod? What does all this mean? Who builds the key say hakavod? What is it built out of? All right, so first of all, kavod, what does the word mean? Presence of Hashem, you see the presence. Okay, of Hashem. so kavod, we say hakol everything Hashem created is for his kavod. In the Hechel Kulo Omer Kavod, everything says Kavod. Obviously, we've done this a lot. It's in the Milan chart. It does not mean honor like Hashem created everything, so we should all have a prayed in the year. You're so great, obviously. So, what Kavod means is, and Kavod Malchus, it goes with the concept of Malchus, okay, which also we're going to talk, we have to talk about because it it's in the Gemara. So, these are terms, and we did it in the Spheres class. We did a five part series on the Spheres, and the last year is Malchus. Okay, so we did talk about this. And so, it should be hopefully familiar a little bit. When HaKadosh Baruch, whose clear messages, truths are evident in the world, the world is existing, people are existing in sync with Hashem's truths. Let's start with basics the Ten Commandments that there's one God. Everybody believes there's one God, which means everybody believes that we're all creations of that one God, which means everybody believes, even the Sheva Mitzvahs, that there must be justice. It's not survival of the fittest, okay? Everybody understands that this is God's world, and it's not a com competition. So everybody understands this basic morality. Don't kill, don't steal, don't commit adultery, right? Respect other people's space. We're all here. We all want everything, but everybody else wants everything, too. Everybody understands that there is that there is an eternal world after this, that this is temporary. Everybody understands that we are channeling God. So we do chesed and we do justice, as we said, and we, everybody understands that there's Tel Melukim and they're here to create and express themselves, some basics. When the world is operating with awareness and understanding of these things, and that's how we operate. We don't destroy the environment and we don't just torture animals or other people and there's no dictatorships and all is no corruption, all that stuff. Then we'll say that the kavod of a Baruch fulfills the world. We already have all of nature to look at and say, whoa, you know, this, if we could study nature, if we really were able to break through to the deeper and deeper and deeper layers of nature, we would be more and more and more as scientists always are astonished, like speechless, overwhelmed. You see this genius, you see this co coordination, you see everything, right? And now on top of that, human beings living in sync with nature and in sync with the divine truths, 
that would be a world in which everybody is aware and actualizes and lives with a, an a understanding of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. That's called kavodo male olam. Kavod is, the definition of kavod, the awareness by all creation of a Kaddish Baruch Hu's presence and will. The awareness is called the kavod. Everything was created for that awareness. Everything in the natural physical world was created because if you play all, if you study anything, you will see the genius of God and you will also learn lessons about the truths, like, like, like Perak Shira, okay? So everything was created so as a vehicle by which we discover Kodesh Baruch Hu and we become aware of it, that's called Kavod Mole Olam. Here it says, Kavod Hashem Leolam, when the Kavod of Hashem is everywhere, everything, Yisma Hashem, Hashem is happy. It doesn't mean Hashem is smiling. What it means is that a Kodesh Baruch Hu can release the Shefa. What that means is our minds, think umbilical cord, right? Can open and great divine inspiration can flow into our minds, great insight. And we just go more and more. We get more spiritually knowledgeable, more understanding. We, we see that we see more in the world. We have more insights. We are, our minds are supercharged spiritually. That is called joy. Okay. Yes. All of that. Hanhaga of. Now, this is what it's called. He says right here. Okay. Simcha Joy regarding God. He hanhaga shell. Here are the two words. Joy is the hanhaga of two words. Ha'aras panim. Ha'aras panim means the enlightenment of the face, which means, which means our face to face, our clear understanding of God is expanded. It's light. Now I refer you back to something we learned many times. I didn't put in the notes, just with reference to it. Mora Nebuchadnezzar, 352 talks about the shefa that, right? We talk, we, again, umbilical cord muscle, calls it the neshama, calls it the shechina, does a whole thing. And then he brings a pasuk, ba'archa, pasuk in Tilim 36.9, ba'archa near ar, through your illumination, we are illuminated. Our vision is illuminated. Through your light, we see light. So ha'aras panim is simcha. When we can open the flow and we see the world from a perspective of truth, Okay, and that's how we, that's our, that's our, that's our concept. That's how we think. And it's, re, and it's attached to reality and it flows from us. And so our ideas are transformative and inspirational. And we serve as the spiritual leaders of the world because of the light, the enlightenment. We are the enlightened ones. That is called happy. Happy is when Hashem's messages enlighten us. It's called Ha'aras Panim. Okay, when our, we are enlightened with great truths. That's called Hashem is happy. So far, so good? Okay, so that is joy. The Ramchal says, okay, Das Tabunas 242. Like it says in Tehillim, Yismach Hashem B'masad, he quotes his Pasuk. Okay, when Hashem turns, so to speak, again, not a real word of physical turning. But Hashem allows his full face, so to speak, full understandings to flow. He named from his love. Again, these are all words that are, I seem to be implying emotion, but it means a hanhaga of releasing the enlightenment, the art. Okay. And he goes on to explain this, and I just was turn the page, and he says, when Hashem does that, it's called joy. 
But when Hashem does not do that and has to, so to speak, turn away or not let us, not release that hashpa, it's called sadness. As right before the Mahavol, Hashem Hashem Alibu. Okay, because it's like this. Hashem, I'm on page four. What determines the simcha or the sadness? What did Ramchal just say? What dictates whether Hashem is going to be happy, meaning releasing great shefa, inspiration, enlightenment to us, and we become the spiritual leaders of the world, like in time of Shlomo, other times, there were some times, or not, what dictates it? Is it, there's no moods, what's the, why are there different states of being or places? It depends on us. So the next, look at the Ramchal, he says right here. Ki az Hashem Yisbarach Nimsalehem, Hashem is found according to the Makablam. How we find our enlightenment is according to us. Okay. Um, and then he goes on to say, of course, the Baruch Hu is, so to speak, always above, meaning we're always able, to, it always, all these ideas, all these truths, this, this great spiritual, you know, invisible infrastructure of the world always exists up there. But whether we're up, not up, meaning on a higher level, but whether it's going to be actualized or manifested in this world is up to us. Okay. Yeah. Look at the last line. When we Amisol are in Shlemus, Nimsolahem Kafimasha Hem Bishlemus. Hashem will be happy. The opposite of Hashem Alibo. Okay. So now we know what happiness is. Okay, so you tell me what sadness is. We just said it. Sadness is. There is no hashpa. That's what it is. Hashpa is taken away. Hashem does not release this great inspirational enlightenment. That's right. It's held back. Where does it go? Who gets it? Who gets it? The Goyim get it. In a way, yeah. So now, the Goyim get it. So now let's talk about crying. Hmm? So this is what the Pasuk says. This is exactly what Gemara is teaching us. We need to know what, not why, but what is going on. This is what's going on. All right, so what does it mean crying? Again, something we have definitely talked about in the past. The root of the word, I mean, Bechi is the root of the word in Shemos, Pasuk, uh, Perak 14, Pasuk 3, when Hashem takes B'nai Shalom Mitzrayim and he takes the circuitous root, he brings him in front of Baal Pa'or. For Amar Paro, and he tells Moshe, Paro is going to say, this is it, Libne Yisrael to the Jewish people, but simple shot um, in regards to Jewish people, but obviously means more. What's the next word, guys? Nevuchim, like more Nevuchim. Nevuchim heim ba'aretz. The root is bechi. What does Nevuchim mean? What is Nevuchim heim ba'aretz? Sagar aleihem hamidbar. What is power going to say? They're confused. They're lost. They're wandering around in circles. They don't know where they're going. That's what the word Nebuchadnezzar means. Okay, so that's the shorish of the word. The word Bechi is the shorish there. What is Bechi? So Moshe says, what happens when you cry? Remember Hashem said, I'm going to cry? Tears? Okay. What happens when you cry? When you cry, your eyes don't work. You can't see clearly. They're all, you know, watery. What happens to your mouth? You can't speak a coherent sentence. Now, we, I'm not even going into an idea we've have talked about in the past about 
Echa with the alphas and how the pen, the ayin, ayin, memnon, samach, ayin, pei, especially ayin, pei, pei, ayin, and echa. Okay, obviously there's a lot going on, but let's just focus on bechi. Bechi is your eyes don't work and your mouth doesn't work. You can't see clearly and you cannot express anything clearly. What is that really saying? It's really saying that when you're in some sort of very distressed state, nothing makes any sense. You don't see a clear path in front of you. You don't know what the next step is for you. You can't articulate like anything that makes anything make sense. You can't, you're just, it's just, you're just a package of confusion, being overwhelmed, you know, completely, um, you know, uh, without anchor, without direction. It's just like every, there's no state of coherency at all. Does that make sense? That's called Bechi. So what does it mean that when Hashem is sad, he's crying? Which means, so when there's no hashba in the world, when we're not receiving, when we are not the initial, the original receivers of the inspiration and the enlightenment, let's go into the non-Jews, we'll talk about that. So that means that Hashem is crying. So again, it's all in relation to us. So let's, in order to understand what it means that Hashem is crying, let's understand what it means that Hashem is not crying, that Hashem is speaking coherently. The opposite of crying is speaking coherently, right? Okay, so when I speak, what is speech, right? The whole entire Bria is a function of speech. Okay, so what is speech? So I know what I'm about to say. Some of you might also, but, <laughs> but let's say you don't know what I'm about to say. So when I speak, I make you know, you can discover, okay, my plans, my, my, my values, what I intend to do, my thoughts, okay? You can know what's going on in my head. You can hear, you can know how I plan to act, what, what I'd like to say about myself, what I would like to, you know, what I, what I plan to, uh, to, um, to build. In other words, you know how I'm gonna operate, who I am. All right, so that's called speaking. Speak, when it says Hashem speaks, as Sarah said, it means the world can and will know what Hashem wants. It will be known. It will be conveyed. It will be known. It will, we will know what is good and bad in Hashem's eyes. How? By the world, by exactly how the world will, uh, will unfold, how history will unfold. Hashem is speaking means we can see clearly and hear the messages. So let's say in the time of the Beis Hamikdash, when there were Nevi'im, Okay, and Nisim, we saw when Hashem, we were do when we were doing the right thing, and Hashem was releasing the Shefa, right? Or when Hashem's we were doing the wrong thing, and Hashem said would would, would, would threaten to withhold it. First of all, Nevi'im told us. First of the rain would stop, right? Wars would start, so we would know. We would actually know what it is right and wrong, and what Hashem was, how Hashem was guiding us. That's called clarity. Hashem was speaking through how life was, how life unfolded by what was going on. All right. What does it mean that Hashem is crying and it goes with sadness? That's Hester Panim? Of course, Hester Panim is the lack of Shefa. Same thing, it's what he said. So what does it mean that Hashem is crying and that Hashem, because Hashem is sad? What's the crying? It's the opposite of speaking. So if speaking is clear and we can derive clear messages about what's right and wrong, so what's crying? You cannot derive any 
coherent message about how to live and what's true and what's right. There's no way to figure it out. You're just living in a state where your eyes do not are not able to discern clearly. So you don't know good, bad, true, false. Your eyes can't see differences. Your eyes are just like, they're failing you. Meaning you're looking around the world and trying to figure out how do I understand life based on what I see? Nothing makes any sense. Boys or girls, girls or boys, you don't know what you're looking at. You do not know what you're looking at. By the way, I told you my new pronoun. Oh, oh yeah, no, no, I'm not he, she, or they, I am who. Please refer to me as who. With who like a coffee? Because I'm always, you know, you know I'm always on a path of rediscovering myself. I'm always someone new. I don't, you know, who are you today? So yes, so that's my new thing. Okay, the point is you look around, you don't even know what you're looking at. Did you see Ben Shapiro's Who is a Woman? What is a woman? You can't, they, they don't have to answer the question. Uh, they, they're like befuddled. It's like a, 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 a person capable. Of, I mean, the whole thing's ridiculous. You don't, nothing, you can't even see boy, girl. You can't even see, okay, um, leader, follower. Every, there's disrespect. I just saw a clip of little kids cursing and, you know, with the policemen, little four year olds, you know, talking. So that you can't see right, wrong, leader, follow. You can see nothing. Okay, so your eyes don't work. Hmm? It is an intellectual uh, flood. That's right. Now, what about your mouth? Your mouth cannot describe anything coherent. You cannot explain anything. Literally, when you ask what is a woman and the person cannot answer the question. Okay, this is called Hashem is crying. Meaning, the, we hear the Hanhaga is Hester. The Shefa is blocked. Therefore, we, to Amishol, it's going to them, which we'll talk about. And therefore, what you're going to see in the world, because normally it's supposed to go to Amishol and then overflow to the world. But if it's blocked from us, it's not overflowing to them. And then we're going to see that it's going to them. We'll sort that out. But what you're going to see in the world is people that don't, nothing makes sense and they can't explain anything normal. Nothing, they cannot put together a coherent sentence about right, wrong, okay, values. Okay, <laughs> now, now the question is, uh, the point here is that this is called Hashem is crying. Okay, now we're just, we're not there yet. We're still working through the pieces. So there is Chorban, we're talking now clearly about what's essentially what is a Chorban Hapnimi. It's an inner model, you called it. Very good. Chorban Hapnimi. Okay, inside our minds, because of the lack of Hashba, okay, we can, we do not provide what the world needs, which is Hashem's speech, Dibor, which is clear messages, clarity, black, you know, understanding of truths. And instead, what you see around the world is this utter confusion. Nothing looks, nothing can be figured out even from the surface, let alone from the ideas behind it. Okay, this is called Hashem is crying. Why is this happening? Why is there sadness and confusion? Why is there lack of shefa and confusion? What is going on? Yeah, I just have a question. You're saying that the absolute crying is, is speaking coherently. Isn't the absolute crying like, you know, That's a good question. That's good. I, I mean, yes, on that level, yes. But when it talks about Hashem crying, I mean, you know, you're saying something good. It's true. There are different nuances to it. But this aspect, we're focusing on, let's focus on this aspect of crying, okay? There are other aspects of crying. That is a good point. I'm talking about the mechanics, more like the mechanics of crying. That's a good clarification. Okay. 
So now, what, what happens here? Gava, because of the Gava that was taken from the Jews and given to the nation. So this is what Maral explains, and it couldn't be clearer, okay? There is a Timsum or a Hesterpanam, a lessening of the Shefa Ruchani, the spiritual influence to Amishol. Now look what he says. Let me read you his words so you know the Haimu. It always was the proper model, the proper arrangement was the Hainu Ha'umos Ha'olam, the nations of the world, Yanku es Hashefa Me'amishol. They derived their ideas, their inspiration from Amishol. Okay? That is all the time that Amishol are attached. Ah, Keshabate Gavai Nehru, but when the base finish was destroyed, meaning the Korban Golas and all that, okay? There was a Korban Pnimi. Hishtana hahanhaga, the hanhaga switched. Okay, with Amishol. Me'ata from this point on, ata with an iron. Holechet, <coughs> listen to the words. Holechet hahashba'a, the divine influence. Again, mostly spiritual enlightenment. Holechet hashba'a, but often yashir el haumot. It goes straight to them. Okay. But Am Yisrael mekabel et hahashbaso derech haumos. We get it from them. So now this is what he said. <clears throat> Shocking, right? So first of all, Bernie Brown or Jordan Peterson or Deepak Chopra. We do not say they're a bunch of idiots saying there's no wisdom and there's no Torah. No, 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 no. They're getting that shpah. They're picking up on Torah truths, which we knew thousands of years ago, which are deeply internalized in the minds of the Jews and in the millions of Svarim and in our great people and the Rambam and the Ramban and everybody else. We know these ideas. These are not chidushim, but the flow in each generation that there'll be a person who's inspired, who appreciates the ideas and makes a career out of it and starts speaking about it and has the way and knows the, the methods and the strategies and the, to reach people and understands that people want to hear this. It's not that these are chidushim, but they're getting the inspiration, the enlightenment, the sense of purpose more than we are, more than we are, and more than we are. Well, Bilam is different. No, we started Bilam is different. Bilam said, I am a Navi, but I'm nothing compared to them. All my inspiration comes from them. I'm like blind, and he said, I'm like blind compared to them. He's the opposite. He's saying they're the source of all the and I can't say a word that isn't in sync with, what's, with what they're saying. And not only that, compared to them, I know nothing. I know, understand nothing. It's the opposite. So what's happening now is when we say the Ashba, is that, that feeling of inspiration to do something with your ideas, to pick up, to pick up on true ideas and do something with it goes to the nation. So the first thing is when we see that they are popular and people are responding to them, and I'm not talking, there's a very big difference between people responding to thinkers who are trying to grow and improve themselves and people responding to you know, anarchists who say, do whatever you want and, and don't, and, 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 you know, and, and uh, mutilate your body at the age of 11 before you know what you're doing. And what, what, I'm not talking about that, okay? Um, I'm talking about think thinkers, Deepak show for these type of people. First thing is we listen to them because they are saying something we should be saying. And they found the way to say it in a way that people want to hear. And it's not that we don't have these ideas. And it's not that we're not even saying them. Of course, if they're saying them, we're saying them. But the hashpa, the influence, the ability to influence is going to them. 
So it does make sense that somebody goes to yeshiva for 10 years and base measures for three years and then goes to Jordan Peterson. But that it should, but just when we recognize that that's what's happening, we need to wake up. If they can do it, we should be able to at least do it too, at least on par. Like we shouldn't be less than them, okay? So now what we're saying here is that the real Horvath, people ask, what should be our mindset for the three weeks? We have Eretz Yisrael. Okay, you're right. There's a mosque up there. Clearly, nothing's perfect. It's very not perfect yet. We have Eretz Yisrael. It's flourishing physically, intellectually, high-tech, Torah, okay? The, in the outer chambers, okay, although there was crying, sort of, right? It says in the Horvath over thousands of years, the outer chambers have a pagam, they're not perfect, but they're, it's not where the problem is. It's not, the, we are flourishing, okay? There is so much on every level. The outer chambers are not where the korban is, not where the confusion is, all right? Not in that way, the physical world, wealth and development and all that. The korban is in the inner chambers, in our ability to think straight, to speak clearly to, and to have influence. That's where the korban is. How can you see it? What we just said, okay? What do you do about it? So it says, whoever doesn't cry about the korban, what does the Gemara say? It's like, we, it's like it was destroyed in their day. Whoever does cry about the korban, builds it. Okay, so now <laughs> we cry, we say, it's confusing, distressing, Terrible when we see that the, these non-Jews, with our wisdom, essentially, now there are other wisdoms mixed in here, but there's a lot of core ideas that are obviously come from Judaism, even with various variations of Hinduism, variations of Islam, variations of Christianity, it's all Jewish in the, in the beginning, right? All the key ideas. So, um, but we say we do, it is confusing that they're the inspirational leaders. So what do we do about it? So now, first of all, we listen to what they're saying and we say, these are the issues that people are, care about today and we better go back to our Torah, find the source and help them sort out these ideas because this is what happens. With great ideas, but without Torah structure, it gets very, very crazy and often very destructive. For example, starting in the 60s was, you know, breaking conventions, um, humanism, black is beautiful, all that beginning starting in the uh, Martin Luther King about, you know, written, you know, anti-racism, equality, dignity for all human beings, civil rights, right, all that stuff. That was really the big thrust to look at people, give everybody rights. And now, because of that, by the way, we did great as Jews. You know, nobody went to work with the Yamaka in, in the 60s, okay? But now, because of all this self-expression and all that, it's much, people walk around, you know, full regalia, Hasidish working in, in the government and business and everything. We benefited tremendously, okay? Now, what happens though, without Torah structure, it's a slippery slope. And what you get today, which the utter chaos is the part of that too, because there's a great idea, but without Torah structure. This is the problem. There's a great idea of self-expression, but without Torah to tell you where it's coming from, we always learn this, you're telling and telling you how to channel it, you start saying, how shall I express myself? I'm a creator, so the most basic thing I could create is myself. I will recreate myself. I will create my truths. I will create my reality. I will create blah, blah, everything, and it gets insane. 
And by the way, not only insane, it's super stressful and people kill themselves because when you tell a human being, there are no constructs, figure, invent it all yourself, however you want to, everything, how you should act, how you should think, what you should do, what you should eat, everything. It's impossible. So they kill them, they literally kill themselves. So they go on and uh, every single person in this country is on it practically on, you know, either on, on opioids or, 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 uh, or Prozac or something like that, or depression. It, it's, it's a pandemic because of the messaging. So one last thing and then take away things. So what happens is total, these great ideas given to the non-Jews, okay, they, are real core ideas like like today's idea of Kim, self-expression value right but they need structure they need constructs so what we need to do is to be super aware of the messages that are inspiring people build them into our curriculums acknowledge them give credit where credit is due but put them into our with structure not dismiss them but with the proper Torah structure to make them use, you know, useful and, and helpful. So Chorban, and this is what I'm ending here with this, the Chorban is the clear and obvious reality in the world that the main hashpa or inspiration is, go, is really reaching the Goyim. It's not that we're not inspired, but we're not the inspirers. We don't have the great leaders. They're not listening to, you know, not, not on that same level. We're not reaching them. We're not rewriting books that 150 million people are reading that are in changing the world and making everyone happier and better that are based on Torah with Pesukim. We don't, we don't have that. Why not? Why not? If, this, if half these people are doing Tolkic wisdom and Mayan wisdom and what, what's wrong with Torah wisdom? You know? So that's a fact. It definitely needs addressing and it needs, and first thing is to acknowledge it. And then to go and listen and say, what can we take back? And also to be able to sort out the gold from the dross, you know, the truths from the applications that are not con consistent with Torah because they don't have Torah. So they, they get, so they kind of make it up as they go. That's the thing. Okay. Yes. Question. Bobby Sandy is asking a question. Yes, you are. We're Jews, right? Marx, Freud, Freud and Einstein. They yes, turned yes. over the world. That is correct. You are right. There was a great idea. The great ideas from Marx, Freud, and Adler, even, and Einstein. And these were great ideas that had a tremendous influence on the world. That is true. Yeah, that's true. But that, that was, the, but that wasn't the same as Marx and Freud. But yeah, so that's a really good thing to address. When, when you see the Jewish people coming up with inspirational ideas, but that are also like Marx, super dis destructive, yes, you know, positive. Actually, yeah. to trace it back. <laughs> <laughs> that was but, like, when did Korach abdicate? When did he like, let go of his... When he got went down on the no, ground? No, no, Wait, one second, one second, one second. <laughs> Hold on, one second. So when you have a Jewish idea, by the way, socialism, Marxism, okay? We are definitely strongly socialistic. Let's be honest. What do you think Shemitah is? What do you think Tzedek Mishpat is? Everybody, everything, everything belongs to everybody. We are a mix of capitalism with a very strong cushion of socialism. There is no such thing in a Torah community that people don't have healthcare, education, housing. There is no such thing. Even though we have limits on how much tzedakah you have to give, Tzedek, Tzedek, Tirdof, you got to give more if people don't have. I mean, there's no question that we're a balance of both. But again, so this is Jewish, you are right, okay? 
And yet you, I guess I'd have to say, I'm just, this is my thoughts that uh, came up with a Torah idea, but without the structure of Torah, it took hold in the world. The, the non-Jews responded to it, still responding to it very strongly. So there's something in it, social justice, which again, without Torah gets crazy. Because let's be honest, a lot of the agenda in theory of social justice, okay, it is Jewish. You know, everybody says microaggressions are crazy with the microaggressions. Hello, the Torah is full of microaggressions. Do you know what the halachas of Lashon Har is? Don't roll your eyes. Don't make a face. Don't call somebody a name. Don't, don't call somebody a nickname. All right, all this, honas, you know, honas devarim. Don't say something like this. We live by microaggressions. Every share you go to is about microaggressions. Somebody's killing and stealing. It's all my little things that if you embarrass somebody. So why are we against these things? What about the Me Too movement? Hello, Mazel Tov. After 3,000 years, finally, they understood that there's supposed to be Nagia and Yichud and, <laughs> and you have to have boundaries. And the women are demanding it. So like, we believe in all these things. These are good. But without Torah structure, okay, it gets lost. So you're right. There were Jews behind this. It is true. So you see the influence of Judaism. That is true. But the world is responding to it. But what about the proper Torah hashba? That's what we're talking about. The balance, the ideas with the Torah to 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 um, organize it and to guide us. That you're not seeing coming from us. Yes, to put Mendel in it, you see the other nations of the world are getting the um, hashba instead of us. They're not getting it. We started the class. Were you here when we started the class? Okay. So we asked Siri, who are the 10 greatest spiritual leaders in the world today? And the list of Deepak Chopra and the Pope and Dalai Lama and all that. And they have, you're talking about hundreds of millions of people that follow these people. Not everybody's the crazy Meshuganas in America who, you know, who don't know what they are. There are lots of people who are seeking. And but there's no Jewish leader in that list. There's no Torah leader in the list. But isn't that just from the point of view of the no, no, because if there was a Torah leader that wrote a book that sold 300 million copies and everybody came to for wisdom, it would be on the list. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like with the Gonzalez and the basis of like a, um, the case of Sonia Yakov, isn't it yeah. hard for a Ben Shapiro of the world to get on that list? So, first of all, Ben Shapiro, let me just unmute them. Ben Shapiro is not trying to be. A spiritual leader, right, I know what I'm saying. but he's a, he's a he's a he's right. So it, no, because the ideas. By the way, aren't they naturally going to hate? No. Okay, let's ask your question, Esther. Let's ask. Let's talk about Mashiach for one second. In Yeshayahu, it refers to Mashiach. I've taught this a few times. Also, Mashiach is referred to as Tzadik Venoshahu, a Tzadik, someone who has, is righteous. And he himself was saved. And that just dawned on me. I, this is just my own nothing, nothing. Imagine Mashiach was one of those babies that should have been aborted. It wasn't. Let's just say. Tzadik Shahu was saved. Or, let's just, we don't know what exactly it means. Maybe it's Moshe. Moshe was that. Moshe was that. Interesting. Isn't that, isn't that inter was that true? Yes. I never read that. What? Aborted? Or you mean like a miscarriage? Aborted? Well, okay, I don't know, but anyway, so um, and maybe it means that his, his, the pregnant the pregnancy would have ended. It must you might have been a miscarriage. I don't know. Okay, but let let me let's look into it. What that means, but in any case, what Tzadik Benosha, who my grandfather explains in the Tefillah Sefer, where it says Semach David, that this is a person who lives at the time, okay, of let's say our time, 
and they themselves are saved, meaning they are part of the whole confusion, but they sort it all out. They save themselves or somebody helps save them and they find their voice and they rise up as a tzaddik, as someone who's tzedek, tzodek, yasha, right? Straight. And they start teaching. If you look in Yeshayahu, we did in the early days of Corona, we did a bunch of it. It's on the Zoom, it's on the Shurim Links Digest, which you should all have. I'll put it back on the chat. You look at the Yeshayahu series. We did a few chapters in early Corona. And Yeshayahu says, my grandfather explains that when Mashiach is fundamentally a spiritual enlightened teacher, it says with Shevet Apo, his staff that he smites the nations and humbles them is his voice, Ruach Piv. It's his, it's his breath. It's the way he makes words. It's persuasion. It's ideas. And now with the internet, you know that you could, there's some, uh, you know, a person could say something and in a split second, everyone on earth will know about it. A split second, literally. And Mashiach is fundamentally a teacher, ideas. So yes, there absolutely could be a person who, whose messages reach everybody. That is the concept. And that's when the hashpa is open, the shefa is open. Am Yisrael get the main shefa so that no matter what everybody said till now, somebody arises who says it better, clearer, and reaches everybody. And then the world is desperately thirsty, right? to hear these messages. And all they want to do is listen because as they say, there won't be much work to do because it will all be done, it says by others, but I mean, by, by, by technology. And they'll have time to talk, to listen. And they'll come streaming or video streaming to Yerushalayim. <laughs> Literally, they'll come streaming. Isn't that interesting? To Yerushalayim, begging every Jew they find, teach me, teach me, teach me. And then what does is, what is Yeshayahu say? There'll be some will be very disappointed because the Jew that they grab and say, teach me, will say, I just got back from Goa, so I could give you a little Buddhism, but that's about it. And that the Jewish people will have to, will have to learn. And Yeshayahu 3,000, no, two and a half thousand years ago says that when they come to learn, the problem is there'll be Eastern, far Eastern wisdom in Yerushalayim instead of Torah. <laughs> That, hello, how would he know two and a half thousand years ago? Seriously. So, but he describes the whole thing. But it, ultimately, it's going to be a desperate desire to hear something new and true. It won't even be so new. It'll just be the time and the way it's said and the proof and the clarity and everyone will listen. Yeah. So when we had a Moshe in the world, yes, the other nations, and this was the Moshe, the Moshe, yeah. didn't listen and didn't take correct him. that's right okay. that is right because the process okay so you bring up something i meant to say how does everything we learn today fit in with our 7 1737 construct right in other words if if there's meant to be a gullus because we're growing up and we're becoming adults we're becoming the mother of hashem and hashem has to take clearly remove nisim and avua and hashba so that it generates from within us and we become the people that initiate these great concepts in the world. That's what I'm saying. It's exactly what we're saying today. The Ashba as adults of the Chorban is limited. Mm -hmm. So what's Hashem waiting for? It's got to come from within us. Now it's going to them. They, okay, they, their Hashba, again, we said this before, it's not no Chedushim. They're picking up on ancient Jewish ideas and truths 
that are resonating and they're finding the, you know, the, 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 the platform to say it. But Ami Sholakadosh Baruch was waiting for us to go mine our own history, get those same ideas within the funk, within the construct of Torah so they make sense and they're not, they don't become insane and also bring them to the world and find a way to wake up the world and have them listen. But the fact, how do you know we're still in Gullah? How do you know it's still Chorban? As long as it's them and not us that we haven't done it, that means we're still in Gullus. That means the Shekhinah's in Gullus. That means it's still Chorban Pnimi. It's not, it's just like we want to build a base. Maybe you have all these radical groups going up there and they want to dive up there and they want to, the, the real, the, we can't do that. That's dangerous stuff. But what we can do and what we're supposed to do is build, we talk about building the Kisya Kavod, building the base of Megdish, meaning building up from within ourselves with the same messages they have and much better and much deeper and much more profound, building up a, uh, a identity of being enlightened, enlighteners and leaders. That's called building the Chorban, rebuilding the ruins. Yes. Okay. So Sandy mentioned about Freud and Marx. She didn't mention Darwin. And Darwin is a destructive force. Because Darwin said, survival of the fittest, right. I have to come right. first. Right. I am the one, and I will also kill other people. And so that Darwin is really the primary force in our society. Yeah, but but that is, I agree with you. And not, and that's probably that's not the Torah Hashba. No, that is not. So not everything they say, I, I guess I'd say is their Torah Hashba. But um but Darwin, you know, is science. I would just distinguish, I'm thinking it through now as you're saying it, it's science. It has implications into how I should live, but it's the, but Darwin wouldn't be a spiritual leader. The spiritual leaders are all beyond that. They're saying, you know, they're going, they're, they're rejecting it. They're rejecting that sort of survival of the fittest. It, but it's so innate. It's yeah. Innate in our psyche. Today, yeah. we live in a world, Hashem, it is never been such an influence of Torah knowledge. Right. Right. It seems to me that we are getting the hashpah, that the other nations of the world have closed themselves up yeah. deeply to us and are closing themselves up more and more and more. You have the it's not what he's, it's not what they're saying. It's not what he's saying at all. He's saying the opposite. He's saying that we are we are learning a lot of Torah. And there's you have Rush of Moshe and you have you always have leaders, okay? But when you have influence, okay, so that's just one thing I didn't, didn't clarify. When you have a flow, it overflows, okay? Where is the overflow? Beyond Amishol. That's the hashpa. That's the shefa. Shefa really means abundance of flow, okay? Where is the overflow? Why aren't we coming up with, you know, the Lubavitcher Rebbe was very unique and creative. He was the first one to say, let's put it on the radio. Let's put the dafium in the radio. Let's have that overflow. Okay, let's put the mitzvah tags in there. Let's, he thought big, very, very big. Mm -hmm. And by the way, he had a big influence on the non-Jews too, mm -hmm. for whoever was like, he was, maybe if he was still alive, he'd be in the list. He but, was very close to Shirley, Shirley Shelstrom, she who put in food stamps. That was the Rebbe's influence, by the way. But at the same time, so maybe he would, but he didn't, he doesn't, you know, he didn't speak the English, like he spoke English a little bit, but not the way, you know, so, by the way, you know, but he did have that character trait of, of thinking big and, you know, and caring about global issues and, and addressing his, you know, level, his, his, his thoughts to humanity. But, okay, what about that? But it's, you know, but in the end, in the end, 
again, until we have a leader, until we cultivate, here's the real thing for Chinuch. In our educational institutions, teaching, taking Jewish Torah ideas, and this is really Rabbi Sachs is very good with this, framing them in language that is current and that's relevant to the world today, teaching people how to speak and how to write and how to use social media and how to speak in the, the you know, the, the vernacular and how to like work with today so that we have influence. Basically, it's saying that when Amishul doesn't see themselves as having the mitzvah to have influence on the world at large, we are in a state of Korban Panini. Unified. Yeah, lots to think about, everyone. Esther, that piece about the fact the Shafa goes to the Gaim is stunning. stunning. I never heard that before. I know, pretty stunning. Very disturbing. Yeah. Say again? Yeah. Can you send me the text? Send me the source. I'm going to look it up. I'll look it up in the first. Is this a multiple sources that the Shefa goes to, to them as opposed to us? I mean, I just thought it was shut down. It wasn't coming. Not that it went there. No. But the flow is the flow. It's just how it's directed. Oh, Michal, that's interesting. That's interesting. Okay, so I'll see you guys on the Q&A, okay? Wonderful Shabbos. Shabbos, everyone. Okay, you see you on the Q and A. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. One more question. Thank you. Chavez, wait, who is about to ask a question? Okay, see you on the Q and A.